tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! And let the plenty and plenty of deaths continue. Oh, we've got the really epic music for... Attack on time. A lot of deaths. And hey, joining us this week, John Quick. How are you guys doing? A lot of people actually didn't die. Really, only one guy dies this episode. But man, do we get to see a lot of the remains of the others. It's ah, it's glorious. And Katie Cullen. I can't figure out what the hashtag for this song should be. Are they even singing in German? I don't I, know. I don't, but don't know so. what to do. <laughs> I, I believe it's hashtag triumphant Japanese, which doesn't Here's quite the best part. Wait, tongue. best part's right here. Yeah. This is, uh, I guess this is triumphant Latin. epic Japanese. <laughs> okay. Close. I'm Megan Salinas. Hi, guys. Like last week, I'm very sad after this <laughs> And, guys, I'm Dave Klein. I can't concentrate because I just want to listen to the music. I'm like, wait, wait, this is the good part again. It's coming. Honestly, this is when Aaron's got the boulder on his back. Okay, he's going. He's, he's approaching the hole, but now things have gone bad. Can, you can tell it's, because there's that there's that like little beat right there. Yeah. It's like, bomb, you know? <laughs> that part, yeah. Right All right, no, no, we're back. We're yeah, back. It doesn't usually... quite fit because this episode was just like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> usually... It still has a sense of dread to it. Yeah. This uh, is one of my favorite uh, songs uh, on the soundtrack. See, I don't know, well, like, yeah. usually, though, this song plays when something good's finally happening. Yeah. That's, like, the finally well, something, like, good... they also played it when, um, when he transformed into a titan and started fighting the female titan. Yeah, because at first it was good. You were like, oh, oh it's going well again, because he was kicking her ass at first. And then she started dodging everything and blowing up his hand and I don't think he ever his head had off. the upper hand on that. I yeah, mean, but, like, at first... You, but at first they're kind of trying to build up, like, this is the moment that mm-hmm. it might turn around. He did get one hell of an uppercut on her. I gotta say, that was like an impressive one. Even just like watching his form, like those animators, like, yeah, no, they, they watched a good amount of boxing. They were just, they possibly was like, you know, Manny Pacquiao fighting was like, guys, guys, that. Yeah, it is interesting <laughs> to me watching his form too. I agree. It looks like their style's boxing, like definitely yeah. boxing well, style. And you really have to know your anatomy when you're doing human piloted titans like that. Because yeah. they're not yeah. like normal titans where you can do the squash and stretch and just screw around with it. This is, Really impressive, actually, all the musculature work. Yeah. I'm friends with a lot of artists. They so went this to is art like, school, these guys. <laughs> I did not go to art school. It. I can do stick figures. <laughs> I am friends with artists that they know their stuff. They're like, we can put the muscles on and the bones and reconstruct everything. And it's so it's creepy looking. But oh, yeah, that too. I know. Peel off someone's skin. Ugh. Okay, so let's go into Mikasa. Mikasa realizing that the female titan wants her needs Aaron for something because she she thinks absolutely that he mu- he's got to be alive and she thinks that female time is holding in his mouth and I mean really it's just that speculation though where she ends up being right about is that she, this female titan is keeping him alive for something, and that's really the big question: is why. Also, there's well, not room in Mikasa's mind to think that Aaron's dead. Like she won't believe he's dead until she can hold his bloodied remains in her hands. <laughs> and even then, she'll be like, "Become a titan, become a titan, get back up, get back up." She's she doesn't 
deal well no, I mean, with this just, sort of thing. That's true, but I mean, still, though, it does bring up that point of why does the female Titan take Aaron as opposed to killing him? Yeah, like because this, he's special. This whole but mission. But why is he right, special? We know because he can, tr- he can turn into a Titan. Yeah, but so can she. We've yeah. already seen two other people. Like to to her, this is not a this is not a special thing. Like the fact that I can slam dunk is a special thing until I step on an NBA court, and I can't slam dunk. So that's right. Also right. I don't think we have an NBA court's worth of Titans. Though. Right, but the point is, like, if everything was going well until they found Aaron, who all of a sudden is like reversing their oh god, there's this person who can turn into a Titan. You think? Team, I'm on the side of the Titans, would just kill him and get it done with. So well, why unless they want him? him to join their little club, right? Exactly. <laughs> but why why not, kill him when you can use him? But why not just you know show up in a bar, like sit next to him, buy him a drink? It's like, hey, so you can transform into a Titan. Want to see something cool? <laughs> well, he <laughs> is kind of under military <laughs> lockdown, so I guess there's that. Yeah, yeah that's they part can't. of it. The other part of it is that sounds a lot like, <laughs> hey, kid, I have candy in my van. <laughs> Well, That's when it comes to beer, though, John Aaron. tends to trust people. John's like, "Oh, well, you, it's not just a Bud Light. Yeah, I'll you trust you. You bought me a nice beer. Good beer. It's you know, it's it's why not go for it? Aaron's dumb enough to fall for it. Mikasa's yeah. not, and she would not let him go. Also, Mikasa she wouldn't let him go to the bar in the first place. Are you kidding? Mikasa actually talking back to Levi, which catches him off guard. But I, I feel like he respected her for it. It seemed like he kind of was just like, "Oh, all right." Well, he finally realized who she was because well, prior yeah. to that, it was just like, "Okay, this is a number." Another member of you know the Survey Corps, but after right. that, she he's like, oh, you're that person. But also, oh, childhood okay. friend. But also, like, I guess he would probably her like she's actually really good too, because then that's when they formulate to work together. And against this giant female titan, you can't just use anybody. So honestly, teamwork. She time. was there. Yeah. And she was a confirmed ally. Well, I think true. he would have taken Armin with him if Armin <laughs> had been in the air at that point. It's like, she, nope, you're coming with me. He did give her the role of distraction. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much, yeah. But, but when he showed the way that he could just, like, rollerblade up someone's arm. <laughs> and it was, like, cutting the entire time. That's like Levi the human buzzsaw. I, like, I don't think, like, how does the human body withstand that much G-force? Like, the rate in which he was moving, like, doesn't... It seems like he would snap your neck. I know I'm applying logic in this situation, <laughs> which I shouldn't be. But I was it, the one applying logic to the uh, 3D maneuvering gear. So, you know what? Go for it. I don't know. On the phone, though, we're going to have the Six Flags curate talking to us. What? Because they probably work in G-forces. There were a couple of steps to that joke, but you know, I thank you guys for you know following with us, taking those extra two steps to get the funny out. <laughs> I fell on that. I, I actually, I tend to, I like to trust the audience. So I'm you guys, I trust you guys. <laughs> Not but, everyone lives near a Six Flags. Oh, well, we're in the well, United States where it's a pretty common, like, known thing. Statistically speaking, you're at least within four hours of a Six Flags. Yes, that's the entire state of Texas. Back, uh, back to Levi. Back to this Levi. was probably, like, the one of the coolest moments of the series, oh, like, yeah. to date. It was, because we've seen him in action before, but we've never seen him, as you said, like, defy the laws of physics to fight a Titan by himself, because even though she's clearly worn out and that's part of it he basically took her out by himself you know when she's killed all these different survey corps members getting to Aaron and granted she's probably holding back too because she doesn't want to hurt you know kill Aaron 
but it's still just phenomenal to just watch him go. Right. Even when you saw like the combined teamwork of some of the probably some of the most elite scouts working together fall to her and fail. Like it just shows the show just how competent he is. Really, just incredible. And this is the reason that they trusted Levi to take out Aaron if he went rogue because he can do this. Yeah. So he uh, ends up after Mikasa goes for the nape because there's an opening. Bad idea because it the gets hard. The female Titan laid that trap for her. Well, like, knowing that Mikasa wanted to kill her, it was just like, okay, come at me, bro. <laughs> Yes, but because Mikasa's the one who doesn't know about her hardened ability, so goes for well, it. Levi goes to save her too. That's pretty impressive. Well, didn't yeah. Mikasa break her blades on the hardening ability last episode? Wasn't that a thing? Uh, oh yeah, yeah she, she did, did, didn't she? That's right. So she knows about it. You're She's right. just not thinking. Well, it's also like I mean, as Megan pointed out, she was blind at this point, so it's just like, and literally, her hand was covering the nape and fell off because of Levi. So it's something where she must have thought like. She can't see me coming. She doesn't have a hand there to block. This is the time to do it while Levi's taking her out everywhere else. So I still feel like that was a trap that was laid. Well, it certainly was because we've seen before that she can focus on different parts to to heal more quickly. And she did just that because her hand was able to raise up enough to where it would have grabbed her. Except Levi interfered again. So And it hurts his foot, which doesn't seem to matter. At yeah. all. Because then immediately <laughs> after hurting, hurting his foot, he ends up extracting Aaron, who turns out to be alive and very slimy. Yeah, but covered in gunk. But he's doing it on one foot. you got to give him that much. Like, he was definitely favoring the other leg. When he went up there to grab her, he was holding that leg up off of the ground. Well, but then the or rest of the episode, chin. he's mounting and dismounting his horse. And I'm like, how? How? I've I've ridden horses before, and you try and get up with a bum ankle. That's um that's hard to do. I think he just like maybe rolled his ankle a little bit. It wasn't really that serious. I, I thought it was broken. It's it, enough it to keep like him out. Of, it's enough to keep him out of combat for a while, which means it's well, apparently it wasn't though because he, he, he did just fine in combat right afterwards. He couldn't get off his horse to face the other titans that came up. Oh, is that why he wasn't doing it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. You, see him, you see him grab his leg, and he's like, "Oh, dang it." Because otherwise, they would have been mince meat, and this wouldn't have been an issue. Right. I was wondering why he didn't just go back and do it. So that makes a because lot of sense. Because he's injured. Well, like <laughs> since you pointed out, like he just got off his horse and was walking around. <laughs> so that's why it, it was weird. That's why I was just yeah. That's why I was like, oh, okay. Speaking of someone who has rolled their ankle really badly, you can walk on it. You just don't want to. <laughs> well, and it might be broken. It might be a torn tendon. We have no idea. Right. He screwed something up, and he shouldn't be walking on it. Well, and after the extraction of Aaron, another really interesting moment here um, where we see the female Titan crying. Like, just... Yeah! Not even just, like, a sad, like, oh, maybe she looks at, like, definitely crying. Yeah. Because yeah. this... We, we've seen her take all sorts of damage prior to this, and, you know, she kind of goes from being, like, having fun with her mission, so to speak, to being, okay, serious business, to kind of being sad, and now we we definitely see that. She's had both of her eyes stabbed out multiple times, and, the, you know, it's losing Aaron that causes her to cry. It's so weird. So it's just mission failure for everyone today. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I mean... Yeah, maybe it's more of mission failed. She's yeah. just so upset about it. 
So it, again, it's just like, why was it so important, and what does that mean so much that that's how big of a deal it was to her? Makes me wonder if there were consequences for coming back empty-handed. There are probably, but what would they be, and from whom, and why? There are always consequences for coming back empty-handed. I don't know. So. She wasn't as upset about being trapped, like about to die, as she is here. So, well, I think that's, the entire time that she was trapped, she's trying to figure out. She's trying to figure a way out. This is just done. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I can't. I'm not going to be able to transform again to go after them. And even if I do. I'm just going to be so severely outnumbered and they're ready for me. This is just complete mission failure. Of course, again, like, why Why was this mission so tantamount? Why was it so important? These are answers we're not going to get, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> These are totally answers we're going to get right away in the show. No. Yeah, because this series has a satisfactory ending. So, Levi... Say- this series answers its questions. What's in the basement? I'll tell you, a party. What's in the basement? It just turns out it's like literally just a rave of materials are in the basement. That's all it is. Like, seriously? Seriously? That's, yeah, it's just like, that's what I came here for. Skrillex is sitting there. Five years, guys. I've been sitting here for five years. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing in here. I hate you, Dad. <laughs> so, Father of the year. Levi, uh, with an off great quote to Mikasa, we all get that you love him, but try not to act crazy. That's like that. <laughs> Levi calls her out on it. So and She has this moment of what? Just what? Yeah. Well, I thought her moment was more of just like, uh... Oh, wait, you got, you, you guys all saw that? Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, this is awkward now. Right, like, I thought it was more like an awkward thing, like, oh. So, Scott Regiment's heading back already, definitely, like, too early. And uh, we get basically the family members of those who we know of, like, the characters that we know, like, El and Oruo and Gunther oh. and... All their parents and family and kids being like, oh, they're finally, they're coming back already. That's great. We're- we can set a place at the table for him. Oh, do you think he'll come by long enough to say hello? They say so-and-so's coming back. And it's just like, uh-huh. Yeah, and I think, again, that this is why this is just in general a good show. Because it's really like any war, this would be a scene. And this would be a thing. Yeah, so. th- this is one of those moments of, hey, yeah, guys, do you remember the theme is war is bad? Here's a reminder. Hit yeah. several times. It, it reminds me of when Rico was talking to Aaron, you know, episodes and episodes ago. Um, you know, they're for for every soldier that falls, every one of them has a name and a family. And you forget that a lot of times in a show like this because so many people are quote unquote cannon fodder for the Titans. But this is a this is a reminder. It's like, no, these not only did you like these characters, but they had a life outside of the Survey Corps. They had a family. And it's just like uh. True. But it really only counts for people who make it to the opening theme. If you're not in the opening theme and you're cannon fodder, literally nobody cares. Just another red shirt. <laughs> Just well, another green John, cloak. John might care though. Just another green cloak. Yeah, John might. Yeah, just another green cloak for this show. John might care though. He, he cares about characters that aren't just in the opening. Marco was in the first was he opening, the first theme, opening? wasn't he? I didn't think. I so. thought he was. Oh. Well, Marco had a name. And True. So he, like, well, he had a name. I was just saying. I didn't. Think, I didn't realize he was in the first opening. He also had screen time. Uh, if you have well, actual screen time, then people care. If you're just the guy that runs in and says, the Titans are coming before you get drop kicked to it's infinity, then disturbing uh, no one cares. To watch. Yeah, but it's less of a, oh, I feel sorry for that guy, and more of a, look at him go. By the way, speaking of Jean, Jean is really affected by all the death, and he's kind of talking about how it makes you think, when am I, when's it going to be my time? And Connie having the same thoughts 
uh, talking to Sasha about this. So, so kind of similar thoughts running throughout the troops. Like, seeing all these dead bodies just makes you think, my times could be any time. Yeah. Which is Armin comments. It's just like, you really can't think about that if you actually want to keep on living. Because yeah. otherwise you're going to be paralyzed with fear at the, the wrong moment. And, and then you like, will die. And I'm like, trust me, I know. And which is what happened to him at Tross District. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sasha's just going, living any next time for another potato. Living for the next potato. <laughs> as long as there's another Sasha, potato in my sight, I think she'll be okay. I think Sasha's got the right idea here, though. Oh, yeah, she does. It's like, we, we were lucky. We get that. But we are still alive. We have to keep going. We can't sit here and go, why me? Why did I survive and they didn't? We have to keep going. Yeah, and Sasha's character's been much less of a comic relief in the past, really, like, half of a season for the most part. She she was only a comic relief in the first few episodes we meet her, and that's kind of been it. I mean, I'm sure it'll come back at some point, but... Yeah, It's like she's an actual person. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's not, like, cracking jokes and everything like that. It's You can definitely tell she's been affected by everything as well. Yeah. But, but there are a ton of dead bodies that they're bringing back, and Levi's looking over the bodies, and we get uh, one this one character, Peter, or Peter. Dieter. It's Dieter, thank Dieter. you. I, I wrote a D, strangely, so I read it wrong. Dieter. Um, really upset because one of their friends... Ivan, they can't yeah. find Ivan. Yeah, so Ivan, they can't find, and they know that he's back there somewhere. And Irvin's ready to move out because, you know, there's Titans back there, and we got to just go. So, well, they found his body, but they couldn't get close enough to grab it because the Titans were there. And if they'd gone in, the Titans would have zeroed in on him, and it would have basically brought them all down on the entire Survey Corps. And that's the last thing you want to do, right? So Irvin making the proper commander decision of let's cut our losses. And it's a dead body. We need to cut our losses and keep everyone else alive and go. Uh, some of the troops not really understanding that, like Dieter, and being like, oh, you're heartless because you want to keep other people alive. Oh, With no. the last part of it. Well, not, D- not thinking about the last part of it. Yeah, yeah, well, Dieter and his friend is like, as he was saying, it's like, I, I've known his family for years. They're basically like my own blood. I can't face them if, unless I bring them Ivan's body back. And, you know, kind of good news for him. He gets eaten, so he doesn't have to. Yeah. Well, well Dieter's okay, though. Well, He'll still have to it face It makes me wonder how long they've been in the Survey Corps. Uh, because, they, you know, they're clearly not the new recruits. Um, but right. they, you know, but it, it makes you think have, that they're recent. I'm yeah. going to go with not very. This may have been their first expedition. They might have been part of the Corps for a while, but as we see, this is the 57th expedition, like as in 57th total, since the founding of the Scout Corps. Which oh, was 100 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. So that's like little over, like, what, like two and a half excursions, like a year, maybe at that. And who knows, like, how many that they actually, you know, how far they go, how long they stay out there. So, you right. know, it could have been. Yeah. And yeah. depending on how badly you get torn up per excursion, you may need a couple years to build your ranks up again before you go out. And speaking of Dieter, though, he, uh, he ends up returning with a couple Titans on his tail. Get away to come back, uh, friends. Congratulations, I mean, they got the body, though. They got the body, so... And then they lose the body, and, which, good job, yep, everybody. Right away. I love that one Titan to me, the one that ended up chasing most of them. He looked the really the, cold. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I, I was thinking, man, good thing the one that's chasing them is the really cold one who's just like can't like stop like holding himself. He's that just, was hilarious. Yeah. Well, like, can 
I just interject here that they were talking about how we found pieces of some of the bodies and Irvin went, oh, maybe we shouldn't bring those back. Yeah. We don't want another Moses. <laughs> well, Irvin was there when they brought Moses' arm back. He was part of that scout expedition yeah. that came in, led by, oddly enough, Shardis. Right. Once upon a time. Yeah, that was really funny when you when you go back and look at that and you're like, that's Shardis. That's Shardis with hair. <laughs> What? Oh, I yeah, didn't even realize that. that. I didn't no, notice that either. First time around. Yeah, the guy um, when when Aaron is you know looking at the Survey Corps when they come back in that first episode, the guy who led that expedition was Shardis. He used to be Jeez. the commander of the Scout Corps. Oh, well, that that wow. gives you uh, even more reason to think like Shardis knows his knows his stuff. So interesting. But I didn't I think know that it, myself. I think it explains a lot about his tough as nails approach. Oh as yeah, well. definitely. Well, and good on Irvin for understanding that maybe getting a piece of your kid's body is uh, worse than not getting anything at all. Right. Like he just said, mark them as missing. Yeah. yeah. Said, a little better way to say it. They're missing. Like Spartans. Yeah, or just MIA. Yeah. The other Halo term jokes. that we use. Yeah. Halo uh, jokes. I know. Anyway, <laughs> reach. very cold titans on our trail. Right, so Levi, as you guys point out, doesn't do anything because he had this injury, so uh, great point, and thank you for bringing that up. And they, uh, Mikasa ends up saving Dieter, who's about to die, as Dieter's trying to save his friend, who now has died, so... He gets grabbed by the Titan Yay. he's trying to kill. Mikasa's the one that actually kills the Titan, and poor Dieter's just wiggling his way out of the hand, looking horribly shell-shocked. Yeah. For well, good reason. You now got your friend killed, too. Yeah. Congratulations, well everyone. Way to be. Well Way to done. Be. So, and then, and because now we have Cold Titan chasing them, uh, <laughs> Levi makes the decision that they need to dump all the bodies that they have. So now they're also losing the bodies that they have to bring back because of this, so... Uh, he even sees Petra's body go well, fly. One of the sheets comes loose, yeah. and you just see her, and it's like, <laughs> we are twisting the knife today. Well, what's terrible about it is um, he, he, right before they dump them, he's like, you know, these people are nothing special. Consider this their final service to the core. Yeah. And you you know that he doesn't even believe that. Yeah. Because he, he knows exactly who's on that cart. Yeah, but, but again, it's that save everyone. Yeah. Thing. If yeah. they don't do that, there will be more dead bodies to join them. Serve the living, not the dead. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, uh, as Dieter is looking dumbstruck and upset, uh, Levi looks absolutely pissed at him and then comes and actually says something really nice to him and uh, actually kind of picks him up, saying, We can't always carry our fallen comrades home, but we carried their memory. So, a good and, quote from him. And then he hands him that patch telling him that 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 it's Ivan, and we, we all know it that's was, not Petra's. Ivan's. Yeah, yeah. No. It was Petra's. Most likely that would make the most sense, but to that man at that moment, that was Ivan's patch. He's never gonna let that go, and never he's never gonna forget that. And I don't know if this is like if that's going to forge him into something better or it's going to cripple him and make him worse but who who knows at that moment that's some major skill to be able to go back and get ivan's patch somehow during that who got like slapped away right away honestly he'll probably figure it out eventually that there was no time for that patch to be picked up but at the moment that's what he needs it's a psychological band-aid yeah that's what he needs to hear so, uh, this is around the time that we get a flashback with Mikasa and Aaron talking. And uh, before we go into that, though, and speaking of Mikasa, we actually have on the phone with us Trina Nishimura, who happens to portray Mikasa. So, how are you doing? 
Uh, it looks like I answered, but then it didn't answer. Wow, Trina, oh. you sound suspiciously like, like Stephen Steve. Lemieux. <laughs> wow, that's it's amazing. You, uh, your, your voice is a lot deeper than I thought it would be. I'm calling right now. For you me. are fantastic with accents. You'll be able to hear <laughs> the ringing. <laughs> that's uh. <laughs> oh man. The anticipation is just, you know, it's there. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, my God! Oh, my God, this is perfect. That's all right. Just, uh, just let us know, like, wave at us yeah. if uh, she Attack calls back. Attack on voicemail. All right. So, yes, that's what happens when you hang up on someone when they call you. They're like, well, screw you then. Maybe a lone arm just can't answer. Boom, 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 All right. So... Mikasa, though, in the past, uh, telling Aaron has this dream to join the Scout Corps, she doesn't want to, and they see the Scout Regiment coming back, which is going to parallel what we're about to see, and the villagers just really discontent with the Scout Corps, thinking they're a waste of the tax money, yada, 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 because who cares about everything outside the walls the government has told us to not Ignore, care. Yeah. Right. It's like soldiers coming home from Vietnam. Yeah, soldiers yeah. that's were, a really good parallel, actually. They were horribly maligned when they came home from serving in a war that they didn't sign up for. This, these yeah. being Vietnam vets, thank you for your service if you're watching. Um, at least the Survey Corps signed up for it, knew what they were doing, and the public does not appreciate it in any capacity. Yeah. Well, I guess, like, at least back in that day, it was like, well, there, there's no, there's nothing really to recover. You're just going outside the walls, which is what we're told is extremely taboo, collecting information that you can't share with anybody else. Like, in a lot of ways, really, what were they accomplishing by going outside of Walmaria? That's actually a fair question. Well, but even with this current one, maybe Armin's with them coming in and people it. are still yelling at them. Yeah, like, no, the- they're actually trying to get the other wall back. Well, that's what what's wrong with you. See, that's what doesn't make sense is then when it parallels to today's time, I was like, you think like after people have run away from Titan attacks or freaked out, know it's a real thing, that they'd appreciate that, hey, these are the guys trying to get us more land back. Well, they'd I, actually understand, and it was like it was like that actually well, before when they, were when they when they initially left right before the attack on Trust the the Survey Corps. You know, there, there's that big scene where people are just cheering for them because it's like, yeah, they're going to go back and take the wall. Maybe it's kind of like a band a sports bandwagon thing where when you're winning, you know, it's like, oh, look at all the fans that you have. But when you're not, when you come back defeated. Notice that both of the big attacks so far on the walls have been right after the Survey Corps leaves. Really? I didn't even think about that. It's like they're waiting for all the people who know what they're doing to be out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Interesting point. Surprise. Well, the first (laughs) attack happened, like, as soon as the Scout Regiment got back, but that second one was definitely well-timed. Yeah, no, there was definitely some thought behind that. Mm. And even after the Survey Corps got back, you know, they're, again, they're always in shambles. They're too beaten to do anything at yeah. that point. Um, but it's one of one such person who was beaten is Aaron, who now wakes up after this flashback, and he's upset because he ha- realized he had to be saved again by Mikasa, of all people. <laughs> Uh. You think this might be a going theme in the series? <laughs> Gold star, you tried. An effort was it's made. You had like to nothing, save me again! Nothing has changed since they were kids. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
Well, it, well, I mean, admittedly, yeah, no. Never <laughs> Except now there are Blades and Titans yeah. involved. Yeah, he keeps getting himself into messes he can't get out of because he just goes barreling in without thinking and Mikasa has to pull him out. He really doesn't learn. <laughs> well, he is a shonen protagonist. Yeah, but you know, he, he actually did try multiple times. He waited until the very end this time yeah, around. This is true. See what happened. It was like a kind of a last resort. Yeah. Got him. This is not <laughs> yeah. a power of friendship yeah, series. This time he actually used it as a last resort. So yeah. he really did wait this time around. So he was trying to learn, and he learned that there is no learning. But then yeah. he went rage crazy instead of thinking and right. got his ass handed to him. So, yeah, don't go raised. Boys and girls, don't go rage crazy when you become a titan. It doesn't usually work. <laughs> because that is applicable to everyday life. Yeah, but because you see the female titans, because female titans not rage crazy, she's thinking, and that's why she made yeah, it through. Exactly. So when you become a titan, don't go rage crazy. So during this now homecoming, as we already <laughs> talked about, people kind of noting that, hey, we made, got a lot of losses, and then another oh, uh, knife man. in the gr- uh, gut uh, right there with, with uh, Petra's dad. Up. Also talking about marriage with Petra, too, to Levi. Yeah, so. I, I think I saw a gift set at one time where somebody took uh, an episode from The Simpsons, and they're like, you can actually pinpoint the moment when his heart rips in half. Mm. <laughs> they that is it to used this scene. a lot in different fandoms, because yeah. it works. But Levi is just yeah. staring straight ahead. He's got this thousand-yard stare. And Petra's dad is like, well, before we run into her, you know, I received this letter from her. And she's very excited to be serving uh, under you. But, you know, we want to make sure she doesn't get too committed. She's too young to get married. And it's like, yeah. oh, God. She has so much more to live for. <laughs> Not anymore. I enjoyed the, the yeah. best line of that. It's like, I know that fathers have a hard time letting go. And then it's just kind of like, well, then this next piece of information is going to be just all that harder. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you really a skilled daughter. Mm. So I got some good news and we got some bad news. The good news is she's not getting married anytime. Yeah, the bad news is the reason there we why. Go. <laughs> Also, Irvin, too, has, has a thousand-yard stare as well, because Irvin's also getting berated by people. Like, hey, why are there less people? Why is all that? Do you um, think their last thought was for the good of humanity? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, considering sure. that we can hear a lot of their own last thoughts, which is no, please God, don't. You know, yeah. <laughs> I can say that it's safe to say no. That was not probably. <laughs> Stephen, did you signal me, or am I am I going crazy? Nice. Did what? I thought I saw his hand go up, so I was like, oh, uh, no. it was just like corner of my eye. All right, so uh, yeah, they're just asking, was it worth it? Was it really worth it to them? And we find out as the episode wraps up that even better news. Hey, the scouts lost custody of Arian. It's been revoked, and uh, everyone's going back to the capital. Oh, yay. yay. Just another nail in, yeah. or another uh, knife in the twist. Just, yes. Yeah. So another now they twist even lost of the knife. Cus- yeah, thank you. <laughs> another nail knife. Nail, nail in knife. the coffin, twist of the knife. There yeah, we go. We know another knife call. in the coffin, twist oh, of the knife. Oh, oh. Caller, you're on the line. Is this... Hi, this is Trina Nishimura. I'm so sorry. I'm so late. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Better late than never. Hi. That is absolutely fine. Thank you so much for calling in. Absolutely. I'm so, so sorry. I was in a horrible car wreck today. I know it sounds Whoa. ridiculous. Oh, oh, no. Are um, you all right? But I am, yeah, totally fine. Everything's fine. The car is totaled, but... <laughs> but I'm you're fine. okay. Okay. <laughs> as long as you're okay, sorry. that's the important thing. Oh, my We're God. We're just glad you're okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it was completely random and weird, and 
It involves ducks. I don't don't what? ask. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. We won't ask. This, See, yeah, not more intrigued by this. Yeah, this no, is no, like no, much no, more interesting. No, story, no. But yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, thank you so much for calling in. And actually, um, especially given the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So. So, so, so this yeah, actually, there's um, a little-known phenomenon in Dallas called hood ducks, uh, which is where I live, Dallas. And there were some hood ducks crossing the road, and my friend was like, hood ducks don't exist, because he was visiting. And I was like, no, they don't exist. And then I was like, look, there's some hood ducks. And uh, we were turning, and then somebody ran their light, and yeah, uh, fine now. Oh, okay. <laughs> So, all right, so, but it was their fault, though. 100% <laughs> their fault. That's what it sounds like, so... Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad everyone's okay, though. That's the important thing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the deadly hood ducks. There you go. All right. Well, yeah, I'm glad everyone's okay. So that's the most important part. And uh, I guess we should talk about the episode though (laughs) a little bit. So um, this is actually I'm not sure if you know which episode you're calling in for, but this was a big episode for Mikasa in a way where this was the episode where she once again saves Aaron from um, with Levi's help from the female Titan. So that's the episode we're currently talking about. Awesome, awesome. The female type, very dangerous. Yes. Very dangerous, no nipples, but very dangerous. <laughs> and that's an important thing, a very important thing. So, <laughs> one of the things that we've kind of talked about and had debate about with Mikasa's character is if her feelings for Eren are platonic and kind of like a brotherly sister one or a love relationship sort of feelings or, or evolved into that over time. When you were actually doing this character, what were your thoughts on it and how did you tackle that? Absolutely. So when I uh, approach Mikasa uh, in general, she, um, uh, her relationship with Aaron, uh, as I understand it and as I portrayed it with Bryce, uh, and as Mike McFarland explained to us, um, it's it's purely platonic and, okay. and it's more, I mean, not platonic, it's, it's, it's certainly a brotherly, sisterly relationship. Um, I know like in most shows and in most uh you know, fiction. People usually want the main characters to ride off into the sunset together. Um, but because of her, most of her motivation comes from her devotion to her family or her adopted family, i.e. Aaron and Armin, right? And so um, I, I think that uh, personally uh, that they are more uh, of a brother-sister sort of relationship rather than uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, Bryce Coppenbrook, very attractive man. So, <laughs> You have Katie beaming here because she was the one who thought that. And I was kind of arguing, like, no, it seems more relationship esque. So called it. <laughs> I think Thank you for settling that for us. I really appreciate it. That was the big dispute. <laughs> so we had we've talked to a bunch of different people who were uh, going for roles for Attack on Titan. They all read for multiple characters when they went in. Did you read for Mikasa? And was that one of the characters that you were really hoping to get? Yeah, actually, uh, she is, um, she was, I mean, who doesn't want to be her? She's tough, and she's smart, and she's, like, driven, and the best fighter, and she's a different kind of female character than you see in a lot of anime, or really in a lot of, um, in a lot of different kinds of, uh, media, because she is so strong, and because she isn't just your average girl who's motivated by, you know, some sort of boyfriend thing, um, yeah. which I find really interesting. Be- uh, when I started doing anime, um, there were basically two stereotypes, right? Like, there's the big boob girl and then, like, the tiny little, like, mousy girl. Um, Are you talking about Slayers really right now? In- I'm sorry? Uh, it makes me think of, like, Slayers with, like, Naga and... Um, Lena. Lena, thank you. It's been a while since I watched Slayers. Sorry, go mm-hmm. on. <laughs> okay. Um, but she... I really, I was drawn to her character because it, 
it was something that it, it's there's this definite shift uh, going on away from because there could be girls that were good fighters, but they also had to be hypersexualized. And Mikasa isn't that. I mean, she's she's a pretty girl and everything like that, but she's not. She doesn't have giant. Bazooma. <laughs> <laughs> I know she does have. She has a very big leg. But um, I liked it. I really, I really liked her strength. I really liked her devotion. I really liked that it was a different kind of character that I can show to my goddaughter and be like, "Hey, Jules, like there are all different kinds of people in the world, and there are all different kinds of girls, and you don't have to pigeonhole yourself into being just one particular person." Um, so I, I liked it. I, I love that about her character, and I really, really, really wanted to read for her. And yeah. luckily, uh, I got the part, which is great. Uh, but I mean, quite frankly, uh, Sasha is pretty cool. And she's <laughs> my second choice. I was like, so you're telling me that in the face of danger, there's a girl that just wants to eat. <laughs> yeah, I like her too. <laughs> super rad. So I, I read for those two, and I think I read for one other person, but I can't recall him. Yeah, well, Sasha's also a great character, but out of curiosity, then, when do you plan on letting your goddaughter watch this show? <laughs> when she's 16? <laughs> well, she's, she's 13 now. Okay, so, so she's around. Um, All right. Yeah, so she's not really as into um, anime as, as I would prefer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know, it's so weird when, uh, they're, when people are born and she, like, Initially, like when she was five, I could be like, hey, we're going to listen to Johnny Cash. And uh, she was all about that. And then yeah. the Anna Montana thing happened. I mean, we want to talk about that. That was a horrible <laughs> time, a dark time. <laughs> but, but that's a modest mouth, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this is such a great show. So even if she's not into anime, hopefully she'll at least check this one out at some point. I, I don't know. I feel like I would watch I would watch this at 13. I feel like it's... Uh, I guess more because it's action. It's not. It's gory, but it's not like blood rain gory. I feel like it's more than a lot of thirteen-year-olds could handle. I think I don't know. I I think we I underestimate what kids can handle, but that's just my that's my personal view. It doesn't doesn't matter. But um, so <laughs> you did get this great role, and like, what are you looking forward to in the next? I guess I I, I can't spoil things. Uh, what are you looking <laughs> no, forward you to with your character? That's not too spoilery. That's <laughs> not too spoilery. Um, I'm, I'm the worst at spoilers. Like, I'm like, oh, you know, in blah, 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 and people are like, really, Trina? Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trina's I'm really looking there. To with her character. Okay, um, let me rephrase I'm the question the- then so we don't have to go into spoilers. How about, what have you enjoyed about Mikasa other than her strength? Like, what particular episodes have you enjoyed doing? Because she's had so many episodes as we are now uh, just wrapped up the first part, or the female Titan attack. Yeah, um, I think... The episode that I really uh, enjoyed working on was, um, well, I mean, I, I've enjoyed the entire series, but there was a particular episode, I think it was like episode five, um, where uh, it, it kind of gives you like the backstory of how Mikasa and Aaron met. Yeah. Um, oh. And I, I, since that's already played, can we talk about it? Or- yes, <laughs> yes, 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 we absolutely yeah. can. Um, okay, so... Um, the backstory about her, and um, because she's the last uh, Asian on Earth, right? She's half yeah. Asian, and her mother was the last Asian. Uh, and so the fact that these bad guys come in and they kill her parents in front of her, and like in the beginning, she's like, I like the color. And then by the end of it, she's, you know, uh, she's been kidnapped, and she's, uh, she and Aaron, Aaron finds her and, and kills the first two bad guys. And then there's this thing that happens where, um, her innocence is taken, right? I mean, yeah. obviously, like, she's yeah. been kidnapped and, and is being holed up and is going to be sold into slavery. Um, 
the switch uh, that happens while she is lying there and watching this third bad guy hurt Aaron, uh, and then she uh, kills the third bad guy. I think that that is so formative in, into who she is and into uh, the kind of character that she grows into to be like innocent and to see that that dynamic change and to see her loyalty uh, to and her relationship with Aaron to in, uh, initiate and begin. Um, is really touching, and then to see like her come back out of that uh, as a child, like recovering once the adults find her and Aaron, and Aaron, you know, put the scarf around her neck and be like, "You're coming home with us. We're a family now." Uh, and seeing, just seeing like innocence into reality, and then back into reality, and the humanity and the weight of what it would be like to be a child that just went through that, and then to see that change somebody so much. Um, and it's 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 horrible and it's sad, but all you know, all fiction is based off of real life in some way. And there are there are instances like this that happen around the world. And it is a way for I think that the art in general is a way for us as humanity to understand the bad things that happen in life and understand our role therein. Um, which is to say that this bringing that kind of awareness and that kind of uh, knowledge uh, of these things that happen around the world and putting them into a tangible form, i.e. anime, uh, helps to not only uh, make people more aware of the suffering that happens around the world and therefore be an activist or a participant in whatever way you can, uh, but also to know that bad things happen around the world and, and, you know, we all face our own titans, whatever those titans may be, uh, that can be as, as gruesome as, you know, uh, human trafficking or as horrible as school bullies um, but knowing that you can fight back I'm not saying like, kill anybody <laughs> <laughs> no, the, nape of the, neck. the nape of the neck uh, <laughs> that's one of the most thoughtful answers I think we've ever gotten on this show thank you yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean I think it's I think that Titan is I think that's why Titan is so popular because so many people like I mean we're not going to uh, hopefully I mean God willing, we're not going to have like giant naked <laughs> not dudes running around eating us. But the, the I think that the reason that people relate to the show so much is because everybody has a titan, you know, um, that could be a bully or that could be something horrible. Uh, and and it's a way for people to deal with the titans in their own lives, and it's a way for people to wrap their heads around the problems that they have and grow from it. Um, so that's why that was my favorite episode. I'm sorry for the long No, it's <laughs> yeah. great. Thank you. Wow. And, um, this is a slow clap. Dang. <laughs> I, a slow clap is usually not a good thing, though. No, you normally do regular, regular claps. No, slow clap is the build up, it's to try oh, Slow clap's clap usually like it was a sarcastic. bad thing. Yeah, sarcasm. No, slow clap is never sarcastic. Don't you guys what? watch John Hughes movies? Incorrect, slow sir. Never, no, you, okay, never mind. beyond the slow clap <laughs> conversation, I think that's something we were talking about with this episode, too, that we were just talking about. It was actually a lot of parallels to. Uh, real life with specifically this was war and people coming back with the losses and all that and not being able to eat with their families and how they set the table for someone before they l- realize they lost a family member and just how deep this show really goes, which is one of the great things about it. And something that I really enjoy about the episode you're talking about too is just that the scarf that Mikasa has, that's where the significance of it is. And even in this episode, we see her going back to hugging her scarf and all that. And it's just that one thing that you can cling on to. It's a comfort object. Right, that comfort object. So I, I like that aspect of the show, definitely. Um, so what, what do you have going on for you before we wrap this up um, outside of Attack on Titan? 
Um, outside of Attack on Titan, I actually have a few really awesome projects coming up that I am under contract not to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, I even called them. I was like, hey, listen, I'm doing this show. I'm super excited about it. Like, I didn't know that there were going to be hood ducks involved. But there were <laughs> so, like, okay, so um, I was like, is there any way I could, like, announce it? And they were like, oh, if it was next month, you could. But um, there are some really exciting things coming on the pipeline for me that I would love to talk about, but uh, unfortunately cannot as of yet. Uh, but soon, soon. That's oh, yeah, anime things. <laughs> every anime thing is every time we interview someone, they're like, cool projects, but can't say anything. But that's, that's great. I'm glad that you do have great projects coming up. And we, we've talked before uh, on the show that we think you do a great job representing Mikasa. So uh, thank you for your oh, amazing thanks, portrayal. Guys. That's so nice. Yeah. It's well, thanks for coming yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> If you watch the first, I think it's our second episode, we actually do talk about it, that we like your portrayal. Yeah. So I'm not just saying that. We actually do really like it. So thank you so much for coming on our show. And we do have to get moving, but I, I'm hope and I'm glad to hear that everything seems to be okay uh, after the accident. I hope yes. that it continues to be that way. The ducks are okay. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> the and, ducks and, are good. And that, that is the important part. That is we the very important part. As long as the ducks are okay. <laughs> yeah. But Ed, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. You guys have a great day. You too. You too. Thank you. Oh, my God. (laughs) Vicious jungle ducks. Uh, Yeah. All right. Watch out for ducks back home, guys. Thank you so much for watching the show. Once again, I'm Dave Klein. You can find me on Twitter at TheDaveKlein. That's K-L-E-I-N. And I'm Megan. You can follow me on Twitter at TheManguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Be careful driving home. And I'm John Quick. You can find me on Twitter at @NowQuick and on the Legend of Korra after panel starting at 6 p.m. today. I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Kiaxet. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I am also on Sword Art Online and Ruby. Please remember to find us on iTunes. Rate us five stars because you love us. Subscribe. We love you, too. Thank you. And we'll see you guys next week. Later. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.